0: A lot of, The majority of cryptocurrencies aren't trying to replace the U.S. dollar, frankly, be a currency. They're more of a technology. You're listening to the Credit Union Leadership Podcast, a podcast that delivers value and offers up insight that'll help your credit union grow. Servicestar has been consulting with credit unions for over 20 years, growing them in the areas of cultural development, leadership development, and management training. To learn more about what Servicestar can do for you or your credit union, check them out at servicestarconsulting.com. crypto
1: versus credit unions or is crypto helping credit unions on today's podcast we get to talk to chase larson clo over st cloud financials credit unions lending department and he looks into crypto as a way to help and aid our credit union movement and on today's podcast he shares what he's seen in that industry and how today's crypto is going to help credit unions tomorrow Talking to Chase Larson, Chief Lending Officer at Saint Cloud Financial Credit Union of Minnesota. Chase, uh, you know, if if I'm like the end user of this podcast, I'm kind of a rookie, right? And so, you know, when we're taking a look at the blockchain and NFTs, and uh, <laughs> it's it's kind it's kind of interesting, right? It, it seems so forward these t- these terminologies that we're using to describe the future of, of currency as we know it. Um, and yet at the same time, both the credit union and crypto exist for, this, for the same reason, right? Without risk, there is no credit union, right? We, we manage risk as an organization, as a chief lending officer, your number one role is to make sure that the riskiness of the loan we did yesterday doesn't come to bite us in the butt tomorrow, right? And so, uh, you know, these technologies should be something that someone like you would be interested in. Um, why should other credit Ian leaders take a look at crypto for their credit Ian's and in what ways should they maybe pursue uh credit Ian
0: crypto? Yeah. Um, to me, this is just in cryptocurrency and the blockchain is just the next digital iteration or um, next step, right? If you look at the last one was the internet and, And if we look at technology advances in the, in the financial industry, you know, think about, um, I remember when I had my first debit card uh, and it was like, I remember standing around with my buddies talking about how, you know, we'll we'll never use this. And I, I, you know, I still go to the bank to get cash. These things aren't safe. Right. Or when the ATM came out and, and tellers thought they were going to be out of jobs. Right. That didn't happen. It was just, the advancement of technology, and I, I think that uh, not getting involved in cryptocurrency would be like a financial institution. If we, you know, rewind fifty years, not embracing an ATM or debit cards, not getting involved is looking the other way, like you know, like a lot of companies did with the internet. Look at Netflix and what Netflix did to Blockbuster. I don't want to be blockbustered. In what ways have you seen credit unions adopt this technology today? The main ways that I've seen it adopted locally is um, being a trusted partner to store the assets, right? It'd be a custodian. Um, a lot of credit unions are partnering with third parties, such as uh, like a NIDIG, for example, right? Where uh, you can partner with them and, and they, they allow a safe way for your members to buy and store Bitcoin. Um, there's a bank actually uh, not too far from us that's working on crypto-backed lending um, where they're actually leveraging the blockchain. And say I had 100 Ethereum valued at uh, $100,000. Well, just easy math, $100,000. They'll allow 50 to 60% loan-to-value. And as the price of the asset drops, the blockchain... And an API will actually send the member an email giving them a 24 hour notice capital call or it'll it'll automatically liquidate, sell and repay the loan. Um, but I, I think the main way in which credit unions and banks leverage or get involved in the space initially is going to be a trusted partner for our members to store the assets. I love um, and, and frankly, we should be, right? Uh, um, That's what we've done. That's what financial institutions and credit unions. That's what we have done, right? Whether it was storing stock certificates in our vault or gold to cash on deposit, um, being a this is to me. I think of it, you know, the project we're working on. I think about like a digital safety deposit box. We're just being a trusted, uh, continuing to be our members' trusted partner for them to store crypto, so that they don't become subject to in exchange uh, that could potentially be out of the country, freezing deposits or assets because they're, they're leverage trading behind the scenes.
1: What are some things that maybe are tangible today that might be virtual in the future? It might be an asset that's stored in a virtual world using this technology.
0: Yeah, um, a lot of things, right? Uh, I'm just gonna, and there's more than just the Ethereum blockchain, but I'll use the Ethereum blockchain as an example. Um, it has smart contract functionality, which is basically, you can program uh, program on the front end a set of rules, but you can also, to your point, store. Uh, it could be titles to property. It could be uh, contracts. It could be um, ledgers. Um, I see a future where real estate, you know, my home becomes an NFT and non-fungible token, and title to the property is actually stored on the blockchain. Um, it's actually something that uh, I have a buddy who owns a title company, and they talked in great length last year at their uh, keynote event about how um, it'll start at the county level, where where a county would tap into the blockchain. And so I I think it's no different than the if you go back to 1994, 1995, and We have the news anchors talking about what is the at sign in in an email address, and what is the internet anyway, and nobody's ever going to use it. I think you bring up a great question, and the answer is there's a lot of things. But I also think, at least me, I'm not smart enough anyway. I don't think as a society we actually know where it's going to be in five years, but I do think doing nothing is not the right answer.
1: So if I were to look at the risk of, you know, investing in a stock and the risk of, you know, buying some, some Bitcoin on the blockchain. <laughs> so, yeah. Maybe suit, suit the ease of uh, the listener who's maybe risk adverse, which by the way, uh, by nature, credit union uh, leaders are typically risk adverse because uh, either they've been wired to be risk adverse as a result of the industry that they work in, or we typically hire people that are more risk adverse here in the credit union industry based on the research we've done here at ServiceStar. So if I'm risk adverse and I'm looking at this whole crypto thing, maybe talk me off the ledge on, on purchasing some crypto.
0: Well... Nobody's saying you have to purchase crypto, right? Yeah, that's right. Uh, it, it, it's just providing the infrastructure for your member who does want to purchase crypto. Gotcha. Uh, we, we were pretty, and don't get me wrong, I, I do think that um, the, the institutions that succeed in the credit union space and abroad, will hold bitcoin and cryptocurrency on their balance sheet it will be part of their investment strategy as we move forward i firmly believe that but if we were you know rewind a little bit to where we are today i'm not saying everybody should go out and buy cryptocurrency but i do think we were shocked given the demographics of our you know 20 some thousand members being a little bit older right 40 plus one fourth of our members when we surveyed them last fall were either in crypto, owned crypto, interested in owning crypto, or wanted crypto services. And I, I was pretty blown away by the response. And so again, I, I would tell anybody who's who's either pro-crypto or non-pro-crypto, go out and ask your members and provide the service for your members so that. Uh, The dollars stay with your credit union and you're making sure that you're taking care of your member and being their local trusted partner.
1: All that interchange income, it always comes back to that. And now PayPal is in the crypto. I remember when uh, PayPal first started taking some of our interchange income away from our member uh, movement. And thats I say member movement because interchange income is not something that I look at from a greedy standpoint. its It's the movement, right? Either it's funding the movement or it's funding PayPal. <laughs> and so yeah. if it funds the movement, that means our members of the movement get better dividends and rates. And if it funds PayPal, I don't know what happens. Maybe they got some charity they support, not going to bash PayPal here on the the podcast, but I do know where the money goes in the movement. And so that's the same kind of uh, angle you're taking with this is that we don't necessarily have to go out and buy Bitcoin today, but if we're not looking at ways to leverage the technology, then it's going to be another situation where interchange income dollars are, are moving from our platform to somebody else's platform.
0: Yeah, we did a, we did a, um, A real basic uh, report, uh, this was probably the beginning of April. So it was the first three, four months of the year. And it didn't take into account wires. It didn't take into account um, any exchange besides Coinbase, Gemma, basically the top three exchanges. And it was approximately $400,000 that was ACH'd out to those exchanges, right? Our members sending dollars outside of our credit union and holding that crypto with an exchange they know nothing about because somebody told them, right? Um, I I think for me, yeah, it's important to keep those dollars within our credit union, but I also think more importantly to make sure our members taken care of and that they're not going to be part of a cryptocurrency platform gets shut down or frozen type situation.
1: Any final thoughts for our listeners as the uh, credit union leaders look at crypto as
0: a potential for their credit unions in the future? I think doing not embracing this because you're risk adverse or you don't understand it would be like uh, rewinding back to the early 90s and not embracing the Internet. I, I just you, you look at the adoption, you look at the amount of smart money moving into the space. Um, you know, at the Miami Bitcoin conference, they they announced um, Circle CEO announced the ability, and it was I think it was Walmart, uh, CVS, Walgreens, um, and a few other large retailers with Blackhawk, which is the second largest payment processor. Right, the ability to basically um, cut out uh, Mastercard, Visa payment processing or interchange where. You swipe at the at the terminal. It in seconds converts the USD to Bitcoin, goes across the Bitcoin Lightning rail, converts it back to USD. And so that alone, right? In terms of innovation, we've had no innovation in the in the credit card and payment processing space forever. It, it looks the same today as it did when it first. If you really, if you rewind back to when it became uh, important, if you will. Um, That to me, just that little advancement right there, and that's one of hundreds of different advancements I think that blockchain technology and cryptocurrency will bring. And so I think if nothing else, uh, people in the space need to start opening their eyes a little and taking this seriously because there's people in our organization that are anti-crypto, but again, our members are not, right? What are our members saying? What do our members want? And then let's, let's serve our members. That's what it comes down to for me.
1: It's all about the member. At the end of the day, our movement's all about the member. And so Chase is seeing through the member's eyes. Uh, If you're looking to take maybe your credit, Ian, to the crypto level, Chase has offered to have you reach out to him for free. I put his email address in the show notes. I look forward to seeing you on the next Credit Ian Leadership Podcast.